0: Student Nation, Longhorn fans, welcome to episode 26 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, it's Friday, it's travel day. All the emotions, the highs and the lows will be answered tomorrow at 11 a.m. in the Cotton Bowl I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more fired up. Today is the day where you make all the plans. You pack the suitcase. You pick the hats. You pick the shirt. You pick the boots. The girls are getting all dolled up. They're getting their nails done, their hair done. It is going to be a fantastic scene at the Cotton Bowl. And I just hope Oklahoma shows up. How is Texas fan feeling this morning on the eve of the Cotton Bowl? All
1: right. Well, Texas fan is very excited. But at the same time, a little bit nervous. You know what I mean. Just
0: Texas fan is quoting a General Butterfly. Texas fan is quoting every statistic that they can pull up to show that they're going to win the game. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and none of them are none of them are fake. It's not fake news, but they are supremely confident. They have numbers to back up their confidence. Quinn Ewers looks like he's going to be starting. I can't even tell you the level of confidence that Texas fan is showing. And they're three and two. You guys are three and two. You've got two losses. It, mm-hmm. is, it is surprising to me. However, on the flip side, it's still surprising that on Friday, Oklahoma fan hasn't figured out that, hey, we're three and two, two. We're Oklahoma. We've owned Texas over the last four or five years. Let's just go down and win it again. But Oklahoma fan is having a hard time making that adjustment after seeing what they saw in Fort Worth last week. I, on the other hand, have made that adjustment, Kevin. And I tell you, when we make our final picks, it will be no surprise who I pick because I think under BV and his coaching staff and all the players, we're going to be just fine. But before we make those picks, Kevin, we've done five episodes this week and we have not shouted out our sponsor. Uh, Our sponsor is Understanding that this is the Red River Shootout. Our sponsor is understanding that we want to get straight to the content, but at the end of the day, they're paying the bills. So in order to pay the bills, let us give a shot. If you need to pay the bills after you've had a loss to your home or your business, and you need to file an insurance claim, make sure you call Brown O'Haver Haver 405-735-5510 adjusters for the insured. They work for you, not the insurance company. So if you've had a loss, your business or your home you call 405-735-5510 you ask to speak to alice or jessica or jeffrey or Kiara or kevin and if all else fails you speak to john and we get you taken care of and we get you set up in the right direction to adjust your insurance claim kevin am i missing anything about brown o'haver
1: not at all man that was literally the perfect perfect segment. well done. thank
0: you real quick kevin five years with brown o'haver really close to right around here, right? What day?
1: Yeah, uh-huh. uh The 16th.
0: Oh, it wasn't until the 16th, but you accepted the offer before.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. The week, the weekend before.
0: Real quick guys. I knew this is, this tells you what kind of genius I am. I am part of the interview process with Kevin Miller and we are interviewing him and in the interview, find out that he's from Texas, find out that he went to Holmes high school. I went to Taft high school. We start talking football and all the other sports and, Uh, Kevin nails the interview. Of course, y'all seen him here. You've heard him or if you've seen him on YouTube, it's an easy win for him. Nails the interview. It doesn't even occur to me that somebody as nice as Kevin Miller could be a Texas fan. So we make the offer to him on OU Texas weekend. I want to say it was like Thursday or maybe even Friday morning. I'm already probably dressed, ready to go to the game. He comes in, signs his offer letter. And I say, hey man, as long as we get a win this weekend, It could be the greatest weekend of your life. And Kevin Miller is dead silent. And I looked at you and I said, oh, my God, you're a Texas fan. That's right. And Kevin said –
1: He didn't want you to rescind the offer, Exactly.
0: That's exactly right. (laughs) Kevin said, please don't rescind the offer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was – dude, it's been – dude, we've been good friends now for five years. I love this. It's so exciting. I'm I'm finally – I'm glad we finally did what we always wanted to do, which was start we've a podcast had to work for a while.
1: Yeah, so it's glad to be here
0: and to do a podcast and to be, have the week that we've had. I just hope we have a tremendous game to get to talk about on Sunday. Um, but transitioning to other games that matter, they don't matter as much as the Red River Shootout that's going to occur in Cotton Bowl. But there are some good slated games, Kevin, and I want to talk about them just real quick in order of when they play: Tennessee and LSU. Tennessee is a three-point favorite at LSU. Um, to me, this seems like this seems like an easy pick. I can't imagine LSU being able to hang with Tennessee for very long. Am I missing you know, something? No, I mean LSU I being what's able. What's missing
1: to- is LSU being LSU at LSU. I think if this game was in Neyland Stadium, I think it would be the spread would be about probably eight for uh, Tennessee being favored. You know, but and you know how it is there; <laughs> it is hard to win.
0: I will say I agree with you, and I would give you that same – I would give that same consideration, except it's an 11 a.m. kick. The Cajuns have had no time to get fired up. They've had no are they time. Even, for,
1: are they even awake yet?
0: That's my point. This is what I'm saying. They're still hungover from the night before. Their crawf- crawfish hasn't boiled yet. They haven't even killed a gator this morning. I don't even know what they're going to – I don't even know if they're going to realize a football game is going on. Those people are insane. Um. And I can say, well, I can say that just because I want to. But my family grew up there. I know how insane they are. Uh, I think Tennessee wins easily, but we'll see. We'll come back. We're gonna we're gonna go through these. We'll pick a couple that we're gonna pick. Um, game day is at Lawrence, Kansas. TCU is getting is a six and a half point favorite at Kansas. A, a, a top. What is, what is TCU? Is this a top 15 matchup, or are they just in the top no, 25? No, it's just the top 25. I think 19 and 23, something like that. No respect for either of these teams from the Big 12, undefeated. I don't know. Any thoughts on that game real quick?
1: Like it's an intriguing matchup, right? Can TCU replicate what they, what they did against OU last week? I mean, that performance was pretty impressive on both sides of the ball, right? Can they replicate that? Are they going to be that fired up? You know, they should be, right? It's an undefeated team. They're hearing all this stuff about Kansas. Like, man, look, we've done more over the last few years than Kansas has. Let's go smack them and let them know what's really up.
0: I'm going to take the other side of that. I think Kansas is riding a wave of emotion. They've got game day showed up, which is just huge for a school like Kansas. You know, Oklahoma or Texas gets game day. Like, oh, we got game day again. Not Kansas. Kansas is like, dude, we've only seen this set for basketball. We have no idea what the heck's happening. And they're not a bad team. Their coach is a okay. really good coach. I, I say, if regardless of what happens to Oklahoma on Saturday, Kansas wins this game, I am scared to freaking death. Even if we beat you guys, I am scared to death of having to play Kansas at home. Yeah. And I might be even if they lose. I don't know. The um,
1: has to go up there. Oh. That's mm-hmm. what happened Luke? last year. Yeah. Yeah, y'all barely have beat them, and we lost. Uh, no
0: Luke either. Utah is only a three and a half point favorite at UCLA. You, is UCLA still undefeated? They are. Wow. Um uh, Kelly as the coach, is he finally turning around the ship at UCLA? And does he get a big win against Utah?
1: We got an experienced quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Do you remember when UCLA played OU back in 2018? He was, the, was he was a I, freshman. He was a, yeah, he was a quarterback that day. He played in, in that game.
0: And OU, still there. Absolutely, o, o, OU oh, lit yeah. him up. Destroy him. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great game. Um,
1: For him to still be in college, you
0: know, Well you the experience he has. I just think the COVID year has impacted so much because I think yeah. it's made, you know, because you look at a guy like that, right? He is, I mean, I don't know what his NFL career is going to be, but you don't anticipate him being, him being some like great NFL player. But as a college football player that's now seen a lot of ball, and played a lot of college and been with his coach now for three, four, five years. You're starting to see a team like UCLA with that kind of leadership be able to compete in some really big games. And if they can beat a Utah, I don't know, man. You can see that. I mean, what says who says they can't beat Oregon or you um, I think they beat USC, but who says they can't beat Oregon, USC and come out of that place undefeated? I don't know. This is a this is a fascinating game. Um, In the Big 12, uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a nine-point favorite. I kind of feel like they cover that game. Is that in Stillwater? It's in Stillwater. Yeah, if it was
1: in Lubbock, I'd feel a little bit different. But, yeah, in Stillwater, I think they went and covered.
0: The obligatory USC mention. USC is a 13-point favorite at home against Washington State. USC will continue to roll, and it will continue to drive a wedge into my heart. Um, and if we lose and USC wins, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, Kevin. It could it could spiral. It could get ugly next week, especially in the recap I mean, USC's
1: defense, real quick, haven't been great. They've forced a ton of turnovers, right? They've been opportunistic, but the defense isn't great. And... Um, Washington State has a quarterback named Cam Ward. He's a transfer from Incarnate Word. Remember Incarnate Word? Oh, I remember Incarnate Word, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, they've developed a pretty decent football program. And Cam Ward was their quarterback, put up huge numbers, entered the portal, went to Washington State, done a pretty good job for them. So that gives them some hope because he's a dynamic dual threat quarterback for them. So Cam Ward, remember that name?
0: Is Cam Ward enough? Is Cam Ward enough to for them to beat USC?
1: I don't know about that because the defense still has to deal with Nigga like, really <laughs> yeah, exactly. Williams. But he's enough to at least make it interesting.
0: Uh here's a game for you that preseason was gonna probably had the opportunity to be a top ten, if not even a a, a higher ranked matchup, BYU really? at Notre Dame. BYU at Notre Dame.
1: It should be fun. It's in Las Vegas, right? So that should be an interesting um site. It's a neutral side game. Oh, is it? Allegiant. Yeah. They're playing at um, the Raiders, Allegiant Field and also Las
0: uh, Vegas. Surprisingly, for the city of sin, there are a lot of residents of the Church of Latter-day Saints that live in Las Vegas, and it is a very, very convenient place for them to travel to. Um, and, they, and travel they will. BYU fan is crazy, and they will travel, especially out in the West, especially against a big game like Notre Dame. I'm still surprised Notre Dame's favored with the trouble they've had, especially playing out West. When I first saw the line, I didn't realize it was a Las Vegas game. So I, I was thinking it was in South Bend because it says at Notre Dame.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm surprised a, Notre Dame's three for Notre, Notre Dame favored by three.
1: Interesting. I know BYU, you know, they lost that game to Oregon. You know, they maybe struggled a little bit offensively since they beat Baylor earlier in the season. They, yeah, the Notre offense has really struggled this year. So, we'll see. BYU, That's an interesting line.
0: Did BYU lose to Utah State?
1: You know, I'm not sure.
0: Yes. Oh, no. They didn't. They killed them. So, I don't even know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, Vegas knows something. Well, it's happening in their backyard. Uh, two more games of note. K-State favored at Iowa State. I don't know about you. I think K-State rolls.
1: So do I, man. That, I would say offense has just been
0: just and the just confidence, rough, man. The confidence that Adrian Martinez is playing with after what he did at Oklahoma and then last week against Tech, uh, I think K State's a big win. Here is one I just think is funny. I threw this one in because I, I think that the national media is so tone deaf to what is happening sometimes. Whoever runs Twitter pages for like ESPN and college football and Fox. And are, either they're tone deaf and they have no idea what's happening or they know exactly what they're doing and they're trolling all of us, right? It's yeah. one or the other. And one you know what? Same, yeah. And either one. Those make sense too. Yeah. I'm flipping through Twitter and they've got all these stats about a and and all their recruits and Alabama and all their recruits and five stars, four stars, three stars. And they're like, these are the two, uh, you know, most talented teams in the country based on, you know, whatever recruiting rankings over the last three years, will will A&M rise up and beat Bama? And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? I don't care if Alabama had 55 stars on their roster. They're not beating Bama, and it's not even close. Bama's a 24-point favorite. It's at home. Nick Saban has now now has a mortal enemy in Jimbo Fisher. They might win fifty if they can beat him by seventy five points. I think Nick Saban beats him by seventy five points. Yeah, am I, I am I so crazy? Too.
1: No, you're not crazy. The only question I have is, what's the status of Bryce Young? I
0: what don't is care serious. what. This, I like the Mill
1: Road. Their backup quarterback, a lot and former Texas commit when he was in high school. Um, I like him a lot. He kind of changes the offense. He's a dual threat guy, which is something they haven't really had there. So we'll see. I want to see what Bryce Young Kevin, does. But yeah, I don't see any and way that A&M if, can win that game.
0: If Notre Dame, offense. I imagine Alabama has four scholarship quarterbacks on their role. I have no idea, zero idea. I'm just putting out there what they probably might likely have four scholarship quarterbacks and two walk ons, right? That's probably what they have in their quarterback room. And their second walk on uh, is probably a kid that got really good grades, has always wanted to play at Alabama. Uh, doesn't require a scholarship spot and is there just to, you know, hold a clipboard, make good middle notes. And whoever that dude is, is better than anybody A&M has on their roster quarterback.
1: They're pretty, well, you know, and it's that and the coaching from Jimbo Fisher. 100%. Quarterback guru.
0: You could give well, Jimbo Fisher. Is not true. You could give Jimbo Fisher a healthy Bryce Young and it wouldn't matter. He would no, find he a way to, he would, would find a way to screw it up. It. Yeah, absolutely. Jimbo Fisher's an idiot. You know what? This is the one thing that all fans of the BBP can re- recognize is that nobody agrees more on a topic than Oklahoma fan and Texas fan about Texas A and M. They're really the weirdest bunch of freaking fans I've ever seen. Okay, so anyway, there's your list. I'm going to pick a game. You're going to pick a game. We're t- we're seven and ten on the year, so we've got to get better here. Yeah, we gotta we gotta have to back. get better. Got to bounce back.
1: Who do you want? Which game you want to pick? I want um, TCU
0: and Kansas. Okay, who do you want? I got TCU. You got TCU. Oh, that's easy. I TCU. got Kansas. Okay. You got so you got a win, line six and a half. Got and, and I've got Kansas with the outright win. Okay. Definitely cover. They definitely cover. Um, I like the. Uh, I like the Tennessee LSU game. I'm going to go Tennessee LSU, and I want uh, I want Tennessee to cover. It's minus three to Tennessee.
1: I'm actually going to agree with you there. Okay, yeah, I like what Josh Hyper was doing with that program.
0: All right, now that was all good and fun, Kevin. But let's go. On, let's go to the game that matters tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. They will kick the ball off in Dallas, Texas, at the Great State Fair of Texas. I will be there. I will be fired up. I will be excited. The ball will be kicked in the air, and all of this talk that we've had all of these Boomer Bebo podcasts and every other podcast out there in the world and all the radio waves, none of it will matter for the next three and a half hours. It'll all be decided on the field. Kevin, what is your score for the game? And how do you get there?
1: All right. My score for the game is Texas 34. OU 23.
0: Wow. All right. What happens? How does that game look?
1: I think Texas gets out to an early lead. They make some big plays. Um, I think Ewers' playing gives them a boost. They hit a couple deep shots to move the ball, get an early lead, and then they unleash Bijan. After that, OU gives everything they have, keeps it kind of close. But I think Texas pulls away in the end, 34-23. Big game from Bijan Robinson. A couple big plays from uh, Ewers down the field to Xavier Worthy and to uh JT Sanders, a tight end.
0: Um that is exactly what happened last year, except holding on and pulling away and giving the ball to Bijan John Robinson. I do it's see great. a scenario. The scenario you described, I think is the scenario that most people believe is gonna happen. Even on even on the Oklahoma side of the thing. That you've got the firepower with Worthy, you've got the r- Clearly the running ability with Bijan. And dare I say, if he has the kind of game that people are thinking he's going to have, he firmly inserts himself in the Heisman Trophy case, the uh, Heisman Trophy race. Um, I worry about your defense. Even though Oklahoma's offense has struggled in the last two games, I worry about your defense. We've got good skilled players. You still don't have an answer for Marvin Mims but I I like where you're going with that score if I'm looking at it dispassionately. Fortunately.
1: Let me say this this before you get into yours, okay? Okay, okay. I (laughs) I am reluctant, man. I've got a decade plus of PTSD, and especially about what happened last year, this team's inability to keep leads and to finish games. That is firmly in the back of my mind, and it... Makes me very nervous. So that was a reluctant score pick, but that is my pick nonetheless.
0: Here, let me, okay, let me start with the things I like. I like Brent Venables. He knows exactly what this game's about. He participated in it for 10, 11 years with some tremendous wins against the University of Texas. Big, big wins. Um, I like our players being able to bounce back. I really think that hearing all of the negative talk over the last two weeks is only going to make them focus more. And then hearing all the positive talk about Texas is only going to make us more Oklahoma as a program and not just in football, but as a program, uh, athletic department wide, we do our best work with the chip on our shoulder. The minute OU gets favored, that's when you've got to worry about Oklahoma being a, just laying an egg, but they got a chip on their shoulder this week. They got Brent Venables. I do not trust Sarkeesian. I do not trust the fact that he can coach a, a four quarter game in a hostile environment against a quality opponent. He hasn't done it yet. No, nowhere, nowhere in his, in his coaching in his, in his entire coaching career, has he done it yet? And so, I do not trust Sarkeesian being able to do it. I think Brent Venables is going to have these boys ready to play. I think it's going to be a dogfight. If Oklahoma can keep it close by the by halftime, I think Texas is puckering. I think OU is gaining momentum. I think OU wins 31-21.
1: 31-21. Okay, there you go. So 34-23 for
0: me, 31-21 for you. And here's how it ha- and here's how it has to happen. Uh we have to stop Bijan. Have to stop Bijan. He's got to rush for less than 100 yards. If he breaks 100 yards, my score prediction is completely wrong. Okay. okay? Now, is that a tall task? Absolutely. The guy is the best running back in the country. This, there's no illusion here. He's the best running back in the country, but we have to key in on the run. Make the young, unproven, untested quarterback win the game. And when you put the ball in his hands, you are going to increase the opportunities for turnovers. He's going to try to push something down the field. Xavier Worthy is a stud. If he underthrows the ball at all, I think we have the opportunity to make some plays on the ball. That's how we win it. We stop Bijan, two turnovers by Quinn Ewers. Oklahoma wins the game. There you go. Dude, listen. I hope – I, I if, if you're feeling what I'm feeling – you want your prediction to be so right.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. It's a uh, definitely cautious optimism <laughs> as a Texas fan. But, man, that doubt is still there after what happened last year. Not just with Oklahoma, but
0: the next five games after that. Kevin, big leads and losing them. It, it, you know what's crazy, man, is these two teams are 3-2, and two, right? Yeah. This isn't a top-five matchup like 2008. This isn't yeah. a ranked – it's not a ranked matchup. Neither one of us are ranked. And so it's like we are literally rooting to not be embarrassed. Both fan bases. Both fan bases. Like, your confidence is not like we're going to win and run the table. Your confidence is we just want to beat Oklahoma. That's what I'm seeing. When I I look at Twitter, that's what I'm seeing. And for Oklahoma fans, it's like, I I don't know what's going to happen to Kansas. I'm scared to death to play Baylor and Oklahoma State. None of that matters. Just beat Texas. and. I love it. In in some ways, I think the emotions even greater. Yeah. Because it's going to be it,
1: incredibly emotional.
0: It's just this game. No, yeah. Nothing else matters. It's not like like with Kyler and you lose and you lose you're like, well, crap, we run the table, we're still good. You know, or yeah. no, that's not there. There's nothing else to play for. It is beat Texas tomorrow in the Cotton Bowl. Dude, this has been a great week, Kevin. This has been an awesome inaugural season of the Boomer Bebo podcast. Um Rivalry Week, Red River Shootout Week. Uh, We are going to get back to our regular scheduled programming uh, on Sunday where we'll recap the game in in exquisite, vivid detail, and then we will start to look ahead to the rest of the season. But let's face it, this is the season right here. The season right here is October 8th, 2020, 2022. Any last words before we sign off?
1: Man, yeah, safe travels down to the game. Uh, Enjoy it. Have a corny dog for me. I will. And, uh, yeah, man, look forward to recapping it. And hopefully, for me, it ends with a Texas win because I feel like we're due, man. It's been too long. <laughs> hey, you know
0: 2018 what?
1: 2018 was a long time ago.
0: Safe travels for everybody. Those coming up from Austin. Those coming up from all over Texas. Those coming down from uh, Oklahoma. Safe travels. Be smart. Uh, hopefully, I-35's got their issues figured out. Hopefully, Oklahoma gets a win. Kevin, I can't wait to talk about it. Boomer. Hook em.